It's uh, time now for the General Knowledge Podcast. We are Season 3, Episode 14 today. It's uh, recording on a Saturday this time, Saturday 8th of May, day before Mother's Day. So a big shout out to all the mums out there. Uh, yeah, well done and thanks for being mums, I guess. <laughs> you do an awesome job. Uh, Andy's joining me today. Andy, how you going, brother? Thanks for coming on. Good, man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Very good. It's You've been a beautiful in- day and uh, everything's good. Yeah, you've been cruising the skies again today, mate. Or learning—you think you said uh, learning learning how to uh, crash a plane into a twin tower or something? What was it? <laughs> <laughs> oh no, that that becomes in like uh, more advanced lessons. But uh, you know, I'll tell all the listeners about that when it happens. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh. <laughs> Muhammad, was it um, Muhammad Atta style or whatever that guy's name is? Do they blame for crashing one of the fucking planes? But anyway. Yeah, not that, yeah. It, not that it actually well, happened. Yeah. <laughs> no, no, we can do it. I mean, plenty of people have done shows on that in the past. But yeah, big time. No, so, what was today? No. You you said you were doing emergency oh, uh, landing or something. It was emer- emergency landing, which is something that they really drill into you. You know, if you're in a single engine aeroplane, you you um you have to be trained in uh, engine failure, and um. Picking, picking a field um, around you that you can um, approach and, uh, and and put it down safely. So, uh, yeah, they they drill that training into you, and that was another another thing today that we did. Yeah, yeah cool. All right. I'm glad it's all going well for you, mate. It's pretty pretty. Int- I've never known someone, you know, close to me that's um, actually learned to fly. So, I mean, that's that's really cool. It's awesome that you're doing it. I mean, is there, is there a plan to, to do this as some sort of career or is this just a hobby thing or, like, what's the go, man? Uh, no, I've always wanted to do it. No, I, it's not going to be a career move at all. Um, no, it's it's purely, purely as a um, recreational thing. Yeah, so, cool. Yeah. I mean, we will um, definitely be enlisting I, I your expertise... 
Andy. We'll, we'll be listing your expertise when we need to uh, get out of Dodge, and uh, you'll be flying us uh, to some remote island somewhere. So just keep that in mind. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, just as watch. Uh, Real News Australia will expand to the air, coming coming very soon in 2022. <laughs> Uh, that's good stuff, man. I'm, I'm glad you're doing it. Eh? It's really cool. Um, yeah, expanding yeah, your knowledge thanks. and your skill base. Yeah, awesome. Um, yeah, that's well, right. For the listeners out there, guys, um, for this particular episode, um, I had some email correspondence I just wanted to go over from some of my uh, fantastic listeners out there. So, shout out to everyone who um, listens to every episode and uh, kudos to those who share as well. It's really cool that you do that. I really appreciate it. It's hard to get this sort of stuff circulating, you know, but um, so I had a contact from Huey. Uh, G'day, Huey. He sent me an email um, just regarding, this was back in uh, uh, April and you know how we're always on about, you know, Andy, we're banging on about masks and how we always see people wearing masks and I always mention how there's just, even when there's no mask mandates in place, how you still see a lot of Asians, you know, wearing masks. Um, so Huey, Huey sent me this email. I'll just read this out for you guys. He goes, hi Lee. He goes, um, thanks for your podcast. I've recently come across your show. I've listened to your interview with Max Egan. I still like to know what happens down under because I used to live there, uh, on the West coast and the East coast for many years. I find your comments about Asians and Chinese wearing masks, even though they don't have to oh, interesting. No, 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 oh, no, bear with me. I thought the same thing when I started reading. <laughs> I was like, oh, no, I've offended him. But anyway, he goes, uh, he goes, don't worry, I'm not offended because I understand where you're coming from. But I thought I would share my explanations and give you my two cents. He goes, Asian cultures, especially the Chinese, are very compliant cultures. The compliancy is so ingrained in their blood that they believe the authorities and the state. Even in the case that they don't truly believe it, they think they have no choice but to follow. It is a result of thousands of years of brainwashing. For those from mainland China, it is even more so because the government doesn't allow any other information that is deviated from the state. Unfortunately, I see Australia and the rest of the world are moving towards that direction. In terms of the whole corona drama, what I find so intriguing is that they play with your psychological aspects of people. I'm just, um, hey Andy, just put yourself on mute for one sec. Mm-hmm. There we go, cool. Just a bit of background noise because you're still driving, but um, I'll continue on here. So they play with the psychological aspects of people. You are wearing masks to protect others and the vulnerable. Can you imagine what the Chinese, who uh, come a collective culture and are respectful towards the elderly, will do? They are willing to sacrifice to protect the others. They see Westerners as selfish for not wearing masks and for not looking after other people's health. Also, the Chinese care a lot about their face, so they want to do so. They want to be a good citizen and not be seen as troublemakers. And what he means by their face is in, um, you know, like you, you try and save face that that kind of face, not their actual face. Um, and I, I actually can, you know, I agree with that. I've I used to live with a with some Chinese people and stuff too, and they're very much about that sort of thing about saving face and wanting to appear a certain way. Anyway, moving on. Um, so then they don't want to be seen as troublemakers. Uh, I guess it is how China becomes the way it is today. Don't forget that most Asians who migrate to Australia are through higher education or highly skilled migrant schemes. These are super brainwashed people. As an Asian, I do not wear one myself because I think it's a joke. 
I love myself and humanity too much to be treated this way. In fact, I got kicked out from the public transport last week for refusing to wear one. The inspectors have threatened me on several occasions to find me, but until today I haven't gotten one. I really wonder why. Uh, in shops and public transport, I am almost always the only one without a mask, and all the Dutch must be thinking, I am an Asian troublemaker. He's over here in Holland, I'm, I'm guessing. Uh, keep up your good work, guys. Regards, Huey. Well, big shout out, Huey. Thanks, mate, for getting in contact with us. Uh, Andy, do you see, do you get where he's coming from now? I personally, like, I understand what he's, I did respond to him, of course, but I, I get where he's coming from. A lot of Chinese and Asians, it's just part of their, their culture now. Like, they've, they've literally, like you said, they've been brainwashed to, to wear masks and only listen to the government narrative. Oh, absolutely. It is in their DNA, absolutely. What it rings off to me, Andy, to me, does it, and tell me if this makes sense to you, but it's it's like there's a removal of individuality and it's it's all this collective-based thing. They're all in this together. You know, I mean, how much do we hear that fucking mantra coming from the TV? We're all in this together. Like, you know, wear your masks and be a good fucking citizen, blah, blah, blah. But that's and he, I mean, when he says, yep. you know, he sees Australia going that way. I mean, I, I, I imagine you agree, but you, you, you see where he's coming from, hey? Absolutely, I can. Yeah, and it's, and it's terrifying how quickly it's happened, you know. Um, if Like, getting back to the Asian culture, I guess, like, when you've got literally, like, millions of people jammed on top of each other, I can understand how it would be part of the culture. You know that level of thinking. Mm. Um, I guess I guess we've been you know quite fortunate here, you know, to have lots of space and have and had had the, the room, if you like, for some free thinking for all these generations. Mm. But it's interesting, isn't it? That's a good point you just make, Andy. That they they don't like they don't necessarily have a lot of that space. Well, they they might have a, a similar land size, but. Um, there's you know over a billion of them, whereas we've got you know a similar land size, and there's only you know twenty. Oh, if they, if I'm not sure who's counting, but they tell us twenty you know twenty six million or twenty five million or whatever it is people here. So it's such a small amount compared to them. So even when we think it's busy here, it, it's not busy. You know, we've we've been spoiled, like you said. You know, we kind of been treated that that well here that we've got all this space, we've got backyards. You know, we're not living on top of each other. But, but. You can see where they're going, and we talk about. Remember when the bushfires run? We're talking about uh, a lot of lot of um, shows. We're talking about the Clara Plan, that consolidated land and rail um, company that uh, is trying to create those smart cities and grab and you know try and push everyone into those you know fully controlled smart cities where they're all going to be you know living on top of each other in pods or something. Who knows? But um, that's that's the plan moving forward. Is to is to get people more together so they can be controlled more so we don't have that space and so we become more of that collective mind and we lose that individuality yeah mm. that's right and you can see that clearly clearly being an instrument that that certain forces are pushing towards absolutely yeah because they want to they want a compliant population absolutely that's know. it man that and they're like, like he said, you know, the Chinese and stuff and a lot of the Asians in, the, in their cultures have been convinced over a millennia, you know, to be compliant, to do as what their leader tells them, you know, their, uh, whatever, the emperor or, um, or you know, their, whatever the dictator is of the time, you know, they're always told. And, and it's, 
you know, they're dealt with with such an iron fist, you know, if they don't do what they're told, they're slaughtered, you know, and because they control everything about everything else, they control the media, they control what goes out, you know, people, if they don't want people to know that they're slaughtering people, then it might just be a, a slight bookmark on the ears of, of history, you know, like it won't really, you know, we learn about Mao and how Mao did it all, but the people at the time probably didn't really have too much of an idea what was actually happening. Um, well, that's right. I mean, the Chinese do have a do have a, a, a deep history of people disappearing who are disobedient, you know, whereas Australians simply haven't had that, or, or Westerners haven't really had that ingrained into their into our culture. So, yeah, look, I, I understand all of that. You know. um, it doesn't make it any better, or it doesn't make it any um, you know conducive to to fighting this battle. Um, having having a chunk of our population that are new immigrants just complying with every single thing that our our, our illegal government throw out there. So um, you know, it's just just adds to the battle, I think. Yeah, big time. Um, but yeah, you know, I don't see I don't see an end to new immigrants, especially new Asian immigrants in this country changing their perspective on this whole nonsense um, but it just, it's, just, it's just up to other people I guess to push push the truth forward and, um, and keep, keep, it, keep it moving forward mm. and in the end the truth will win Mate, um, the other uh, email I had through was uh, one of our regular listeners, Matthew um, and this was he sent me this um I forgot to mention it on one of the last shows, but actually it's probably because we had our guest on, so I kind of forgot about it. But uh, back when we did episode 11, we talked about, I think I said, lockdown 3.0, vaccine passports, evergreen, and techno-fascism. And towards, so towards the end of the episode on that one, we I was giving you guys examples of, of how the symbols of fascism are still in use today um, on things like coins, m- you know, uh, monuments, and even in... You know, either side of the Speaker of the House in in Congress in the U.S., there's these massive big symbols of for, for fascism. Um, yeah. And I was calling them fasci, but apparently that's an incorrect pronunciation. And <laughs> Matthew was very nice to send me a link to how it was actually pronounced. It was, it's like fasci, I think it's pronounced. The actual symbol is called a fasci. Um, I hope, hope I haven't actually butchered that as well but I, mean, I clicked on the link and I listened to it and that's what it sounds like he's saying anyway so thanks Matthew for getting back to us on that one and uh, it's, it's always good to hear from the listeners I always appreciate any correspondence any criticisms, any compliments or anything you guys want to send through it's always good to hear from you guys um, what else is he saying here oh he's talking about some of the UK government COVID vaccine injuries and and deaths. Um, yeah, it's cool. I love when you guys send me those sort of links too. Man, there's, uh, speaking of which, hey, like, how how much have you noticed, Andy, in the last couple of weeks that they've really ramped up the attacks on the, I, w- I would call them attacks, but I guess maybe they're just kind of highlighting that this AstraZeneca vaccine is causing the blood clots. And, you know, they, they keep putting them in the media, we're seeing lots of articles coming out. Oh, another man from Sydney got a blood clot. He was aged seventy-two, and um, you know, but, but they still say in the, in the article, you know, no link to the vaccine or 
you know, um, undetermined if the vaccine caused the, the blood clotting or caused his death or, you know, we're seeing lots of this sort of stuff. Um, yeah, I think that really, that amazes me too. Yeah, on, the, on one um, level, it's amazing that they're actually putting it in the media, for starters. Yeah. Um, amazing on the next level that they're going after AstraZeneca so hard, um, you know, which, which is just pretty mind-blowing because, you know, imagine the money that's gone into this one because it really sounds like may, maybe it's because the certain media outlets, obviously, maybe they own stock in, like, Moderna or the Pfizer ones, you know, and they're trying to trying to smash the AstraZeneca maker, the you know, um, of that COVID-19 vaccine so that they go out of business with people, you know, countries stop using them and they switch over to the other brands maybe. But I think it's probably a bit more sinister. It sounds like they're really trying to push people onto the the mRNA technology in the Moderna and Pfizer ones. Because as we know, the AstraZeneca one uh, is not an RNA, an mRNA vaccine. It's uh, it's it's made differently. It's more, um, uh, it's a little bit more along the lines of the uh, standard vaccines that they give, you know. But okay. the mRNA yeah. ones are your Moderna and your Pfizer ones. So it, it does to me. To me, I think they're trying to push people into the, to go into that technology. You know what I mean? They want that. They want okay. the DNA altered. You know. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. That's interesting uh, that you're saying it like that. That would explain something. So. You think it's an internal um, pharmaceutical war using the media to um, manipulate the the subjects? Yeah, I think they're using the the media as their as the as the cannon shells. You know, here we go. Oh, another attack on AstraZeneca. You know, here we go, another one. Oh, and they're the ones that they keep highlighting. Um, but as we know, like I said, man, they they've all of these big media conglomerates and the. And the um, I guess the the powers that shouldn't be that own these companies, they've all got stocks in these vaccines, sorry, the pharmaceutical companies, you know what I mean? They're not just media companies. These are massive conglomerates that own shares in, in companies all around the bloody world and stuff, you know, but they obviously invest a lot of their dough in um, in these vac- in these pharmaceutical companies. Yeah. So that's, that's what makes me think that, you know, it's odd that they're going towards that... Because um, in Australia, I'm pretty sure you know, we don't just have the AstraZeneca vaccine in Australia. We've also got the Pfizer one, I'm pretty sure. And didn't they? Do you remember, Andy? They came out and said we're not going to tell, we're not going to tell people. Uh, you know, like if you're receiving that, you go go into the doctor's surgery and, and get your your COVID nineteen vaccine. That they're not going to tell you what brand you've received. Yes, that did that 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 was true. Yeah, yeah. that was. Um... Uh, it was some months ago, yeah, and I'm not sure. I mean, I mean, I don't know anyone who's actually got the jab yet. Actually. Neither do I, to be honest. Um, so I I don't know what the procedure, whether you know, whether it's on the receipt actually of what what product they actually got. But mm. um, it wouldn't surprise me if that information is just kept quiet. Yeah, well, and that's the thing that. I was kind of querying as well because if they're not telling people, you know, if you go in to get your vaccine and they don't write on it, they just give you the thing saying, yep, you've had your dose. Here's the serial number or whatever. So I guess the surgery can look it up and say, oh, okay, next time you go in for shot number two, they can give you the same brand, but they won't still tell you what brand it is. But these people that are having the reactions, right, 
you know, and we've seen these reactions on our groups that we're in, like horrific reactions. You know, this this is is horrifying stuff. But the ones in Australia, in particular, if they're having an adverse event to to this to the vaccine they're given, how does the media then know what vaccine they were given if the patient themselves isn't told? Does that make sense? Or are you just getting out of the car? <laughs> I've just had a massive point. Are you not listening? <laughs> Andy, you there still? Andy, he just got home, folks. He just—he was driving from the air from Archerfield Airfield, and he just got home. He raced home to get on on the podcast with me, and now we're hearing him unlock his door. <laughs> Did you mute me or something? Nice. <laughs> he just I'm got. So he just walked in the door. Just got home. Yeah. I just um yeah it um I just made this like big point and then all of, and I'm like you know waiting was waiting for your response and then all I could hear was you, was you getting out of your car and unlocking your house and stuff and I'm like oh. Andy where are you I just suddenly suddenly the Bluetooth just turned off but anyway oh, weird. sorry about that. nah that's all good man that's it was just a bit of fun I was I was taking the piss anyway um so what I was saying though um. Are you good to go? Sorry, I'll just quickly check with you. Yeah, yeah, okay, right. cool. yeah. Um, yeah. So I was saying that, you know, so we've, we're seeing these adverse events, like severe adverse events, to these COVID nineteen vaccines. Some of them, of course, ending in death, right? But if the patient, well, the patient, the recipient of that vaccine, if they're not even told which one they got, right, because it's kept secret from them, how is it the media knows what vaccine these people had? To me, that doesn't make sense. Yeah, well, I think yeah, well, see, they're definitely intricately linked, aren't they? The media and the vaccine companies, like you've just suggested. Absolutely. So what I'm what I'm actually trying to suggest maybe is that they're simply blaming the AstraZeneca vaccine straight off the bat, and they're not even saying whether or not the person had the Pfizer shot or not. You know what I mean? Like because again, if that information is kept secret from the patient that's having the adverse event and they suddenly die, um, you know, it's not like the, the, your medical records simply get handed over to the news, to the media, you know what I mean? Like, how do these guys know that they had the AstraZeneca vaccine? I, I think it sounds to me like it's a very orchestrated kind of attack on AstraZeneca itself because they want um, them gone and they want to switch over to the mRNA, mRNA technology vaccines, which is, of course, the Pfizer and Moderna ones. We, we of course, have the Pfizer one here. And the, the brand name that Pfizer COVID-19 vaccine goes under here is like Cominati or Cominati or something is what it's actually called, but that's the Pfizer one. So if you ever see pictures of that one, that's that's that means it's the Pfizer one. Uh, but yeah, very interesting. Um, that always that just never sat well with me, and it's and now that we're seeing even more and more of these adverse events making the news, um, you know, and, and hitting the headlines on even on you know uh, TV news and stuff, and also on radio and all that sort of stuff. Um, I just found it was very interesting. It's it's right in our faces even more so. So I wanted to just kind of question that a bit. It just seems very odd. Yeah. Again, like we said, very strange that they're even talking about it at all. Like, I mean, I know. I mean, we've been banging on about vaccines and vaccine injury on this show for God knows how long. Hey, Andy, and they never, and we're always talking about how the media never talks about the vaccine injuries, and now that's all we're hearing. 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. Especially something, especially something as serious as you know, blood clots causing death. <laughs> Absolutely. You know? Like yeah. it, it was, it was full on. I, I you know, I think that even though it might be an internal, like an inter intercompany war going on using the media, I, I, I really get the feeling that they're really going to shoot themselves in the foot for the whole movement. You know. Yeah, um, well, possibly because I think that the laymen out there will just like look at it as an overall, you know, problem. Oh, mate, I, the laymen out there probably don't even realise that it is a problem. You know, they're, there's still a lot of people, and you know, I've I've chat to you know friends, and I hear from family and friends of friends and all that sort of stuff. And you know, a lot of people are still keen to get it. I had a, another mate who was like, you know, I mentioned the whole. Um, how the insurance companies are, you know, sort of not covering you for um, if you're having the experimental, you know, vaccine that you may not be covered if something happens to you, all that sort of stuff. And and he was like, oh, I rang my insurance company. I made sure that we're all covered. I'm like, dude, you're, you're missing the point here, man. Like, you don't need it, brother. Like, you, uh, you've been fine every other day since then. You haven't gotten COVID and died in this so-called pandemic, global pandemic we're having. Um, that's what I mean. It's this narrative just seems to keep falling apart, Andy. Because there's no one around us getting sick. There's no one around us getting COVID. We we only hear it and see it on the news and TV, and that's it. And um, we know we know not of who these people are. And I, I just think that they're all made up, you know. Yeah. yeah. Well, so, it's getting more and more obvious, you know. You know, a lot of people I talk to, it's it's yeah, it's just getting more and more obvious. We've been going. You know, nearly nearly a year and a half at this whole thing, and um, uh, you know, like like you just said, no nobody close to anybody has been adversely affected. So, um, mm. so yeah, yeah. But the yeah. thing is, though, now now there's there's now you know we're we're seeing friends of friends and a, a lot more stories of people coming out in these groups we're in on uh, social media talking about how it's vaccine injury from the COVID nineteen. Uh, vaccines that people are you know, falling victim to. They're not falling victim to COVID-19, they're falling victim to the fucking vaccines. That's becoming more prevalent. Yeah. Yeah, well, you know. And of course, we're all expecting the media to twist that round to an, another variant to COVID-19, so we'll have to no, watch yeah. this space as it develops. But yeah, but yeah, you're, I mean, you're right, of course. But I mean, yeah, it's, yeah. Just, it's just... Yeah, the, just just the direction that that people have to go for the you know for the awakening processes. Unfortunately, it, it drags on for certain people. But yeah, I hate that. I hate the fact that it takes you know uh, a vaccine injury or something like that for people to then start looking into it and and, and actually waking up and going, fuck, you know, people, these anti-vaxxers were right, or you know, then they start looking into it and realize that, well, you know, it's a whole new world. You know, you you sort of take the wall over from from over your eyes. Uh, I hate that that's how people have to kind of wake up in a sense and, and realize what's actually going on that they've been lied to the whole way through. It's a shame, but um, I look at the very yeah, least, I guess they are awakening up. Maybe they'll then tell family and friends themselves, but yeah. Yeah. Um, but anyway. Not ideal. Not ideal situation. Um, but yeah, let's 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 move on um, to one of the things I, I wanted. Actually, before we get to that, um, podcast doing very well. Just about hit 44 thousand downloads for the um for the regular show which is awesome um shout out to the patreon peeps who uh, also listen to of course this show um and have joined me over there so once again thanks to all you guys um shout out to rebecca a new patron 
Uh, thanks for getting on board, Beck. Appreciate it, mate. Um, hope you're enjoying the content. Uh, new show over at the Patreon will be happening this Wednesday. And our previous guest uh, for the main show, we had John Hamer, The Falsification of Science with John Hamer all the way from the UK. That was the last episode we did, Season 3, Episode 13. That was a fun show, wasn't it, Andy? He was cool. It was good to chat to, to John. Um, yeah. Very knowledgeable. Uh, yeah, very cool. Lots of good topics. And I think we actually enlightened him. It was good to, you know, we kind of threw a few things at him and, you know, you gave him your thoughts on a few things. And he was like, oh, I hadn't considered that. You know, that's a good question. You know, <laughs> it was cool. Like, we, he was, it was a good to and fro with us, us three against, not against, but with, with John, you know. And I think we kind of enlightened yeah. each other in a sense, you know. Mm, mm. Yeah, yeah, that's right. Yeah, I'm looking forward to it. He said he was going to come back on again, so I'm looking forward to another chat. Yeah, that's it. So this Wednesday night, uh, we've got John back on um, purely for our wonderful Patreon people only over at the... Um, so it's uh, www.patreon.com forward slash Real News Australia. But find the link in the show notes, guys, and you can head over there. Uh, join up. It's only going to cost you like seven bucks a month, and you'll get uh, all that bonus content there as well. But you help us, uh, help me pl plug along here and uh, keep these things going and producing all this content for you guys and covering real news here in Australia. Um, but yeah, so just wanted to mention that to all the, uh, all the listeners out there. It's um, John Hamer coming back this Wednesday night, and we are doing an awesome show on the Titanic conspiracy as well. Not all is as it seems on that one, Andy. It's going to be good fun, man. I know, yeah, yeah. Oh, that, that, that is a really, really good story, you know. Oh, and man. John touched on that with the last show, and... Um, yeah, wet yeah, the appetite a bit, didn't he? <laughs> that is amazing, you know, and it's all about ripping off insurance companies mm. and, and uh, saving shipping companies and, and everything like the skull duggery around that sort of thing. I mean, obviously, our ship did sink and lives were lost, but like, um, was it the tongue of Titanic or was it another ship was with it a the, name change? Yeah, the sister ship built almost identical. <laughs> yeah, not a lot of people know about that. And there wasn't only. Um, there wasn't just a sister ship. There was three of them. There were actually three identical ships, but people don't know that as well, unless you really look into okay. the history of it, which John has. So, yeah, really looking forward to getting into that one. It's going to be a cool show, that one. Um, yeah. Yeah, John John does some really good deep dives and some good topics too, so he might come in very handy to go over some other topics in future as well. So keep... Uh, and the only way to get it, guys, jump on the Patreon. Um, that's the best way to, to get into all that extra bonus content we do. But enough about that. All right, so moving on, man. I wanted to um, go over this one with you today, brother. I put this one up, published it today. Head over to realnewsaustralia.com and I'll actually just post a link for you, Andy. You've been out all day, so you haven't had a chance to have a, a read at this, but I'll just put it in the chat now, in the Skype chat. And feel free to follow along as I read it. Oh, excuse me, read through. Sorry, guys, I'm just enjoying a scotch right now. Good afternoon. Good afternoon for a whiskey. All right. Yep, so um, this morning I put this up today because, and the only reason why I put this one up, I, I was kept hearing every, you know, because I'm with my wife, I, I drive around um, doing jobs and we have the radio on and, and we go and pick up the kids from school and we have to sit there in the car with the radio on, you know, so we listen to music and listen to the, all, the, all the news bulletins and stuff and they just kept banging on about the same thing for the last, like, two days, which was how the government... Our wonderful government is spending uh, more than $500 million on upgrading the MyGov and Centrelink website um, and you know, 
because people are sick of all the long wait times on you know on the phone. They're sick of all the um, the long wait queues in going trying to get into a, an actual center link. So what they're trying to do, Andy, is they want to spend all this money. They want to combine all of it. They want to combine things like Centrelink, uh, MyGov, all the all the childcare stuff, uh, all the you know all the pension stuff, all the tax stuff. Um, there's another thing I missed as well. Uh, Medicare, that's the other one they want, to, and Services Australia. All these things they want to combine all of it under one system because currently they're all it's a mishmash of all this stuff, and they spent a bit of money. Uh, it was like two hundred million, maybe a couple of years ago. Uh, two years ago or a year ago, something like that. And they upgraded the MyGov portal. So you go onto there and you, know, you click through to whatever service you're after and then you go onto their website and you you, you, know, you battle your way through those stupid non-user-friendly websites. And it's a nightmare. It's a fucking nightmare. Anyone who's ever to, to log on and do this shit, um, it's a, they know it's a fucking nightmare. It's terrible. Uh, and that, so this is what they're trying to do. They want to upgrade all this. And make it all wonderful and shiny and new for uh, all of us folks who have to get on and, and put information onto these sort of things, right? So, anyways, I've been hearing these ads, uh, not ads, but uh, well, it could be ads, but uh, the news bulletin. So, obviously, the government's spin doctors have sent their press releases through to the all the media outlets and said, "Here we go, here's a bit of news for you. Talk about this. We're spending all this money and upgrading it all." And the talking points were. Oh, Australians might not have to spend long wait times on hold for Centrelink or might not have to stand in a queue you know, to get into um, Centrelink, blah, blah, blah. So that, that's how they're selling it to us. Oh, look, we're spending all this money so you don't have to wait very long. You know, that's 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 the selling point. So I just wanted to put that out there uh, you know, to preface the, the, the article, basically. There's a reason why I, I looked into this. All right, so the article's totaled $1.3 billion being spent to upgrade MyGov, Centrelink, and vaccine passports included. Okay, so Australian government is spending a phenomenal amount of money to upgrade their uh, welfare IT platform. Government spin doctors have been working overtime recently to assure the Australian people that our tax dollars are being put to good use. However, as per usual, it's an extraordinary waste of money. Using talking points to sell us on their massive spending like shorter wait times or spending less time on hold, the government is actually pointing out their ineptitude at running services for the public. Four tranches of the plan to upgrade our online welfare systems are now in place. The fourth and final one being touted by the media on behalf of the Australian government has been in the news headlines of late. Radio news bulletins and online news have been singing the praises of the spending. However, they are touting only touting figures like more than 500 million or 540 million in an attempt to what seems like downplay exactly how much has been spent. What's the real cost of this welfare platform digital upgrade? $1.3 billion. Uh, the Welfare Payment Infrastructure Transformation Plan, WPIT plan, saw an initial cash injection of over $60 million the second tranche was in 2016 for $313.5 million. The third tranche in 2018 for $316.2 million. And the most recent tranche is what the spin doctors have been selling the public on an, as a good thing, which was $540 million. So in, in the, if you add all that up, that's $1.3 billion they've spent already 
on this welfare payment infrastructure transformation project. I said, does $1.3 billion sound like a good price for a website overhaul? The MyGov portal, of course, covers a few systems such as Services Australia, Medicare, Centrelink, etc. But the $1.3 billion is an extremely hefty price tag and could surely be spent more wisely. Actual tangible assets could be created with that money rather than something digital and technically intangible. The new system was earmarked to be in place by 2022. However, an ANAO audit showed that that was highly unlikely and that 2025 was more realistic. Keep in mind, actually, I'll, I'll raise that point in the, in the end, actually. Uh, the audit also revealed that Services Australia had not adequately managed cybersecurity risks and does not have a plan to place in place to migrate data across to the new system. Part of the digital business plan, there you go, Andy, uh, as PM Scott Morrison called it, includes $250 million to implement a facial recognition system to access your MyGov services on their proposed platform, which I'm pretty sure I, myself and Ethan have also written about in the past. Uh, it's, being sold, it's being sold to us that this will eliminate the need to visit a branch like Centrelink to have documents like passports and licenses checked by a human being. The federal cabinet is also currently considering the rollout of the vaccine certificate program, which would allow people to access digital proof of vaccination via the Express Plus Medicare app and MyGov accounts. There have also been suggestions that vaccine certificates would be used to provide simpler access to high-risk locations, such as hospitals and nursing homes. They could also be used to allow people to cross state borders in the event of future lockdowns. Problem, reaction, solution there, Andy. Uh, the ever-increasing push towards the digital dystopia will see more people lose their jobs and perhaps end up on these welfare systems. All the while, the Australian government spends abhorrent amounts of taxpayer money to fund our very demise. And uh, that wraps up the article there. But, mate, I wanted to just... First of all, before we sort of dig into it a little bit deeper, <laughs> we sort of spoke in the pre-show just very briefly about this, and <laughs> your reaction was priceless. <laughs> mate, give us your initial reaction once again when you when you, you learned that they've actually spent $1.3 <laughs> billion on this. Well, I, I said as a business owner, if you, if you grabbed 100 grand and threw it at some uh, web development company, they'd... they'd they'd be choking, chafing at the bit to try and get to you and get your business. They'd do anything for you. A hundred grand or 200 grand or 300,000 would buy you a hell of a lot of like IT specialists. Um, you know, it's the, the kind of numbers that you're saying here are just, just beyond the realm of thinking from, for any business person out there whatsoever. Mm. It's just incredible. Mm. And to think also too general that, can you imagine the amount of <clears throat> IT developers and software developers that the government already has on its books, you know, as a wage earner, mm. already working mm. for the government? So in that instance, uh, why is extra funding being made available for outside contractors or whatever to develop products like internal computer systems when we've got liter a literal army of overpaid IT developers already working for the federal and state governments. It just, it, it smells of absolute corruption to me. Oh, what about and this, it's mate? Just more more well, jobs I, for the boys. Yeah, big time. And that's, that was what I was going to say. It's just, they must know people because 
I also read somewhere that the big consultancy firm Deloitte is actually the one that's um, that they've hired to kind of you know do this job in a sense or to organize it for them like, like they can't even organize it themselves they've actually outsourced to Deloitte the big consultancy firm to to create these plans and all this sort of stuff for them like what the fuck yeah, are we incredible. paying these people in government for it's ridiculous exactly 1.3 exactly. billion in total that's been spent so far on this right and so the initial injection they saw was 60 million. 60 even that figure alone 60 million dollars is massive to spend on upgrading this you think that would be enough to cover the whole fucking thing. But then you would think. But then you know the the second payment was in tw- in 2016 for 313 million. Like what a what a massive jump. And then the 2 years later they get another 316 million and then Two, uh, three years later now, 20, 2021, they get $540 million, right? But what I was going to say is they've been doing this since before 20... Well, during 2016. They've been doing this for six years already, Andy, and they've got nothing to show for it. Mm. Six years, man. It's, well, f- five it's years, absolutely. I should say. Or nearly six years, but anyway. We'll say five years and be generous. Nothing yeah. to show for it except for a minor overhaul of the government, the MyGov portal at the moment. You know what I mean? Um, so they've been wasting all this $1.3 billion. They've been wasting all this money for five years. And it was supposed to be ready by next year. And now they're saying that they won't have it ready until 2025, um, which is pretty funny because isn't that the date that they earmarked for this whole pandemic to, to end, according to the World Bank? Um so yeah, even even that was uh, uh, incredible. But and then it goes on. I go on to say that um, as part of that audit that the um, ANAO carried out on on this project, that they not only have they not managed to um, you know uh, adequately assess the cybersecurity risks of of carrying out this project and setting up this system, but they haven't even put a plan in place to migrate the data from all those different systems. Like, you know, all these other government departments have their own systems. Like, first of all, that's stupid in a sense, as it is. But they haven't even put a plan in place to to migrate all the data from these different departments into this one new thing in in five years. They haven't even got a plan to do that. Like, again, what the fuck are they spending all their goddamn money on? Imagine what could be done. With one point three billion dollars, man, <laughs> just... uh, it's it's, it's jaw dropping, isn't it? Let me just you know? and so you go. I'll just do some quick math in the background here. No, no, that's all right. It's just like I was sort of saying before, like all of these public servants um, in the country, um, and all of these buildings, and all of these leaders, and all of the, all of this infrastructure. And all of these subcontractors to subcontractors, all of this army of people out there, and yet the basics can't be done. I mean, you know, to 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 quote a line from the Matrix, the Smith program is out of control. It's absolutely <laughs> out of control. You know? Yeah, the Agent Smith. Yeah, isn't that right? Wow, fucking hell. You know, it is. So in a way, look, this has been discussed a lot. Like the system, this whole system, this corrupt system that we live in, there is a, there is a chance that this whole thing needs to be burnt down to the ground before we, you know, before we can start again. Mm. And 
I don't know how it feels like to me that the the system, this government system, this Western way of managing the you know the people and everything like that is self imploding, and I think this this is more of that kind of thing because we you we can't you can't keep sustaining this kind of nonsense forever. Sure. This hasn't got yeah. long long legs on it, general. You know, yeah. like this this has got a this has got an end time that has to has to has to explode. I mean, the money we are already um, on borrowed money. So where does extra money come from if it's if we're not putting the country further in debt just to develop silly computer systems? You know, mm. um, and and the whole thing seems to be around you know social security. You know, and and about the government's need to be able to redistribute people, you know, who don't have the wherefore to be able to support themselves or whatever, um, you know, uh, like this whole government system seems to be all about that. So we have a government system that is basically all centered around social security is the point that I'm trying to get at. Mm. So there's no, there's no forward movement to innovation or, or other technological business idea or developing industry or or developing our export markets or, you know, anything. There's nothing really positive coming out of the government. It's all about COVID bloody 19 and this sort of crap, you know, like like making it easier for welfare recipients to, to get money from the government, which is beyond flat broke anyway. So, man, I just... It, look, it's like I was saying just before. It, 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 this can't go on forever. It has an end date. Well, does it um, make you wonder though, Andy, when the next, you know, if this Morrison gets ousted and you know maybe a Labor government gets put in or something, you know, they might just scrap this plan, you know, and then and then where's that money gone then? <laughs> you know, like oh well, that's happened many times before. Too, exactly, they've they've got all their hands in their pockets. They've got all their raises and everything else they wanted out of it, and all their consultancy buddies have all got their money, and you know they're just suckling on the government teat. You know that's all it is. It's just ridiculous. Yeah. Well, it's I a guess... big boys club. You and me aren't part of it. That's, oh, absolutely, that's back, mate. That's the backbone of it. Yeah, but I mean, I, you so... got to. You got to. It's also interesting that they tied in. Um, you know the the vaccine passport stuff into the mix as well because they want to be able to have you know, on an app on your phone so you can go onto your MyGov app on your phone and you can quickly go and select your vaccine passport to show someone to cross a border or to fly a plane or to go to a whatever. You know, that's the plan in future. That's, you know, they've had their secret cabinet meetings about all this stuff. It's all in place and they needed to tie it into something and that's hence why they keep throwing money at this stupid thing as well, this upgrade, because it's going to be in that upgrade. They wanted to add more money to it to put it in there. And not only that, but it's also going to be all about facial recognition technology that they're going to have too. So um, they want to be able to, instead of, like I said, uploading or, or grabbing your driver's license and you know, taking it somewhere to prove who you are or your passport or whatever, it's it'll just scan your face and all your biometric data is already held with them. So that's how they access it all. That's all part of this system and this upgrade as well. But even then, it's apparently the price tag on that is one point three billion. So yeah, there you go. <laughs> just just blows me away, well, mate. Just blows me away. Yeah, it is. It is. It is um, eye-watering sort of stuff. Oh, sorry, I've got a lot of 
like <laughs> I've, I've got a lot of um you're like Ace Ventura, mate. All the birds are just coming to land on you. Like, I know, I know, I know, I know. Maybe, yeah, maybe they're like spy drones disguised as birds or something. <laughs> wanting to wanting to get a preview of RNA. <laughs> oh, mate, good stuff, mate. Well, I wanted people to um, to head over to not just our realnewsaustralia.com, but also. Uh, jump out over to tottnews.com. Ethan's not with us for this particular show. He's being a good mate with um, one of his friends, and he's helped him move today, and uh, he's uh, unable to to make the show for this one. Um, so he's a good bloke, helping someone move. That's a hard task. So he's earned a few beers for that one. Um, but he has put one up recently. I wanted to um, just remind people about and to and to go and check out as well, um, because it does affect a lot of people, and I've been seeing a lot of it lately too and he's got an article put up called how to cope with coronavirus anxiety eight best tips um yeah it's basically you know uh yeah anxiety affects the only reason why i want to bring up because danielle actually my wife she suffers a bit of anxiety at times as well um and whenever there's a another you know fucking snap lockdown or some bullshit that they put us through it really plays on a not just for those, you know, whatever, two days, three days, or whatever they make us sit through, but then the other, the next two weeks worth of fucking mask mandates and all that sort of stuff. So it's very hard for people to deal with, you know. Um, so Ethan's put up an article there. I'm not going to go over the whole thing, um, but I want people to just to know that, you know, that's something you can learn about and, and read about over at tottnews.com. And I'll put a link in the show notes as well. Um, so it's, it's, it's something there that a lot of us probably haven't considered um, or, or, or discussed recently. Um, but I'll just read the final thoughts just so people can sort of get an, a, a gist of what uh, he's talking about. So he got, uh, when it comes to your mental health, there is no reason to wait. If you feel that you have a, a depressive mood and suffer from COVID-19 anxiety, it's paramount to start acting right away to improve your mental health. We have provided you with the most effective and well-working tips on how to deal with COVID-19 anxiety and get better. Your well-being depends on you. So you should start changing your life immediately and get back on track after the pandemic and be happy all over again. In case you understand that you cannot cope with COVID-19 anxiety or other mental issues on your own, don't hesitate to turn to professionals for assistance and support. Some are there to help. Uh, We all need it from time to time. These tips are a convenient way to give yourself quality, personalized care or seek expert advice on everything that's on your mind. Um, So yeah, um, yeah, good good piece there um, for, for a lot of folks. And again, that, that may not just be about people having anxiety that they might get COVID-19, but COVID-19 as a, you know, as a thing as a, that's in our zeitgeist at the moment, we're all living through. Um, you know, he's referring to as feeling anxiety and, and anxiousness about dealing with it. Uh, and, and obviously what's with, with everything that's happening right now as well. Um, so there's a few good tips there for people um, to check out. So I'll put a link in the show notes for that one too. So well done, Ethan, for putting that one together. Good stuff, brother. Um, I'll just paste that. I'm not sure if you had a chance to check that one out as well, Andy, but I'll just paste that there for you in the chat, mate. So if you want to have a read, whenever. She's there for you. Uh, okay. Now, mate, anything else that you wanted to uh, to go over at all for this particular GM that you wanted to bring to the table? I was just going to go through the old Facebook feed there and bring out a few things that I'd shared and, and liked recently, but anything you wanted to, to cover at all, anything on your mind, big fella? Um, oh, we're having a bit of a laugh about the whole uh, Queen and and Gates thing. 
Um, there yes. was that funny meme getting around. Um, you might want to uh, tell the listeners about that one there. Well, yeah. So yeah, you brought that up. Um, yeah, like I said in the pre, like you said in the pre-show chat. Um, so as everyone knows, the you know Prince Philip Gonski didn't get a letter from his wife. He only made it to ninety-nine. Um, Bill Gates and Melinda Gates, they're parting ways. That's of course done the rounds in the media over the last week. Um, you know, I do find it interesting. Uh, I don't know what to make of it yet, of course, but I do find it uh, because yeah. What I what I wanted to focus on with that particular topic, actually, Andy, is what's what's the big thing with that couple? Well, it's the foundation, isn't it? The Bill and Melinda Gates Foundation and the Bill and Melinda Gates Trust, which also handles all the money parts of that foundation. Um, so, doesn't kind of makes you wonder who you know, who's going to get custody of the foundation in this split? Like, what's the deal? I I, I actually am quite interested in in finding out about about that you know like that that's a that, that's one of the most wealthy foundations to ever you know be on this on this bloody planet it's got it's incredibly powerful um you know and controlled by these two people uh, i'm pretty sure they have a or from what i've read there's, previously they've got an even share in this thing too there's nothing it's got nothing to do with love or a marriage with this people it's oh, way absolutely. beyond that there is there is some business plan associated with this kind of announcement. I'm just, um, I'm just sort of spitballing with you and others about what it actually is and what, what, what skullduggery is up to with in regards to this kind of like media announcement. What are they? Well, what's it all for? What's it? What's it about? I mean, what, are, are they are they cashing out? Do you think maybe is this what this is? I agree never. with you. I do think this was never about you know a love and a loving couple and all that sort of stuff. You know. Um, are, are they, yeah, are they, yeah, that's what that was one thing I kind of thought of is this their way of, you know, selling off their shares in a sense and, and bailing out on the business, you know, and taking their money and running. Is that what, you know, is this, is this maybe what's happening? I'm not sure. Um, yeah, but there's no, there's no taking your money and running at that level. Like it's, you're, they're, they're in it. There's some, it's some marketing, it's some sort of, Oh, I don't know. Maybe it's some sort of idea that they've got to, to maybe soften, soften Bill Gates's image that he's sort of like human after all, and that he, you know, like the rest of us out there, he's going through a divorce, and and maybe 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 more of a human experience that they're trying to market to the people. I'm I sure. Mean, uh, I'm sure. Know, in twelve months' know. time, we'll see him with, you know, some other bird under his arm or whatever, but. I mean, cast your mind back, um, folks, and, and you too, Andy. Do you remember when we had James Corbett from the CorbettReport.com on the show, um, and we we kind of mentioned that maybe maybe Melinda is the one to keep an eye on. Do you remember when we remember that? Yeah, and I still think that. Mm. And you could be right. You could be on the money there, man. Maybe she's the one to keep an eye on with regards to all this, because. Because it was all about Bill, you know. It was that it was a, a case of that magician's trick, you know. Look at look at what I'm doing here, and never mind this hand over here, you know. They kept they kept parroting and and putting Bill in front of the camera, and you know. But um, yeah, maybe it's Melinda that was actually maybe wielding the power. Who knows? I, I'm just spitballing here myself, but I do find it funny. We know that that's definitely a trick that gets used against the, against us. Yeah. Um, but yeah, interesting stuff there. But yeah, that meme you were just. <laughs> That meme you were talking about. There's been some good ones. Yeah, I, I think we've we've seen a few. And I, I did share one as well. 
you know picture <laughs> early picture of of Bill Gates leaning on a lying on a table leaning on a computer looking all <laughs> got the got the puppy dog eyes and it says single and ready to mingle you know like it's it's so <laughs> stupid oh fucking hell but and there was that one you mentioned of the him and the, the, the queen like the queen's lost her partner bill's lost yeah. his partner uh maybe they should hook up you know uh, <laughs> can, can see each other on tinder together and, you know match <laughs> <laughs> uh, up a day <laughs> Uh, I know, I know. You have to laugh in this crazy world, don't you, General? You do sometimes, man. That's why I don't mind sharing and looking at some of those funny memes sometimes, you know. Yeah, I know, I know. But, um, but uh, yeah, look, uh, same, same. I think um, I think people people out there should just, um, you know, uh, carry on with life and uh, try and try and uh, persuade businesses out there to, um, you know, avoid this QR nonsense. Even though that they seem, it seems to be my challenge at the moment in trying to uh, persuade small business people to um, not not get caught up in this QR like rubbish and and trying to um, uh, you know control all of their clients and their you know yeah food it, beverage type it was places. Um, May first um, wasn't it Andy when yeah. they said yeah so in Queensland I don't know if that was nationwide or just Queensland I think it was just Queensland. Um, I think it was just Queensland. Yeah, so Palachuk got up and said, you know, as of May 1st, all hospitality venues have to make all their patrons sign in with that um, Queensland, oh, I don't even know what it's fucking app. called. Yeah, whatever the Queensland app is that you make them, make them do it. Um, I've actually just downloaded a screenshot from someone else checking into some venue. <clears throat> so what I'm going to do is if someone ever makes me wants to see it i'll just sort of hold it up from a distance and show them that i got the green tick even though it's not my name and not that venue um it's just an image yeah, yeah it's just an image yeah like there you go got my green tick yeah have a look yeah fuck off um there was yeah, a, there was I, a bread shop sorry to interrupt. No, i was just gonna um, i was just gonna before you yeah. say that i was just gonna quickly say i wonder if it's if it works andy to just take a um like a permanent marker just a black permanent marker and just color in a little bit of those QR codes. And I wonder if that fucks it up. It does. Awesome. Because I'm going to do that. Everywhere I go, I'm going to take a freaking black marker. And every, every time some, I see one of those check-in things, I'm going to put a little mark on it just so it, it buggers it up for people. <laughs> so they can't use them. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, yeah. sorry, you were going to say a uh, bread shop? Oh, I just, I just, coming past the bread shop there, they've got like, this has just happened to us yesterday, actually. Um, we're coming back from the Gold Coast and um, the wife wanted to pop into Aldi to get a couple of things. And I was walking past a, a bread shop and they've got like two two big, you know, witch's hat cones and like a, like a bunting, some like warning tape and then, and then big red lines in the front of their shop. <laughs> so the bunting tape was like basically to stand at a, at a small distance away from the counter, obviously, you know, like to, to prevent from the Rona. Mm. And I said, the lady, I said, she was a mature age lady there at the front of the counter. I assume that maybe she might have been the, um, the proprietor, you know. Mm. And I said to her, I said, this stuff that you've got in the front of the shop, I said, you know, do you know what it, it says to me? It says to me, me as a customer invited in for your business there, you're basically telling me my business isn't welcome here. 
the frontage that you're putting on your front of your shop there is is telling people to just go away. Yeah, it's unwelcoming. We don't want, go away. We don't want your diseased body near the front of our shop or inside our shop or to be at our counter handing over your filthy money. You know, I said, I said that's the impression that you're giving. And she just, just stared at me for a while. And... <laughs> that blank stare. Oh, no, yeah, someone's questioning me on my, on my methods. Yeah. As if some lunatic had just escaped the mental asylum. Good on you. Did you say anything like, oh, uh, I'll never buy anything from your shop or you won't get my oh, business? No, or... like, I, don't, I don't want to go that far like with, with people. But like, I just let her know, this is the impression that you're giving me as me as an outside customer is just you're just turning me away you're just sending me away you're just sending the worst vibe the worst message to people here and it's just the message that i wanted to, and that's the message that i want to sort of get through to, yeah. to other business people as no, well so stop stop this nonsense please you know mm. stop this nonsense before you send yourself broke absolutely hey. <laughs> You know, doing doing the bidding for some illegal government, you know, that you know, or legal entity that they that we call government. Hmm. So, um, That's anyway, good. Yeah. There, speaking of which, there's a little uh, hot bread shop bakery just near where I am, and um, good pies, good good jam donuts. But anyway, um, <laughs> such a fat bastard. But. Um, <laughs> <laughs> they uh, they do they good and they're little Vietnamese people that run it too these these women that that um, run the run the thing but they yeah they good quality stuff and I, I love their food and their all their products there but um, when the lockdowns and, and all those mask mandates are on none of them n- none of them wore it which was good I, I walked in to get some shit obviously maskless and and they were all maskless and I was like oh excellent and all the other you know there's people line up to get there to buy their shit they're all wearing masks you know and these girls don't speak the best English but. So I was watching people, you know, trying to order what they wanted, and then they pull the mask down over their mouth, ma- away from their mouth, so that they can, you know, understand what, you know, so that the the ladies, the Vietnamese ladies running the place, can actually understand what, you know, the the patrons what they're saying, because when they got the mask on, it's like, you know, like you can't understand them properly. So they they're, they're pulling yeah. the mask off their face just to talk to just to talk to them to order their shit and like. Well, there you go, mate. Don't fucking wear it the first place, you dipshit. Like, just take it off. Yeah, just stupid. Uh, look, we could go on all day and night. But, um... <laughs> anyway, yeah, we might end yeah. it there, brother. Yeah, that's that. I think that'll wrap it up for this episode. We've uh, I've, been, I've ranted enough. <laughs> yeah, you've had a little rant. It's been good. That's good. Good healing. Yeah, it is. It's good Ooh. to get it off my chest. Thanks for being there. You're a good bloke. <laughs> all right. Thanks there again to all the listeners. Thanks for um, for listening to the show please do consider sharing and uh joining up over at the patreon there as well guys there's some really cool stuff um over there and including coming up this wednesday night like like i mentioned before uh this wednesday night john hamer back on the show talking about the titanic conspiracy it's going to be good fun hope you can all join us for that one there jump on over um and yes yeah, su- support the work that uh, is done here at real news australia and the general knowledge podcast thanks andy for coming on man you're a good bloke uh shout out to um your colleague and uh your, your Pixel Studios colleague there, he's been sending me messages and uh, links and things lately too. He knows who he is. If he listens, I'm not sure. If, does he listen to the podcast? Yeah, I think so. Okay. Yeah. Well, shout out shout out to yeah. him. He knows who he sure is. Sure he does. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. I'm going to say his name one of these days on this show. I don't know if I'm allowed to, but I'm going to say it. 
<laughs> just to annoy him. <laughs> yeah, we'll talk off air about that. Yeah. <laughs> Alright, no worries, mate. <laughs> thanks, uh, thanks everyone out there. Alright, brother. See ya.